0: To uh, welcome you to a brand new year hey. 2021 at 93, right? Hey. Um, you know, I, I, I hate leaving the Christmas season behind, um, so what we're gonna do we're gonna start off with a Christmas song um, just, just to keep the spirit, but um, you know, it's like God's message and God's plan and His purpose for our lives is it never goes out of season, right? right. And I think this song is, is what that is all about. It's 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 speaking the truth. It's speaking the, the truth of the gospel in love yeah. Yeah. to those who need to hear it. That's right. uh, it's called "Go Tell It on the Mountain." Uh, I think God wants us to to say that message throughout every year of our lives, throughout every day of our lives. He wants us to speak it in truth to everyone that we meet. So uh, you got to stand with us as we as we enter into worship with God this morning, and uh, we start by celebrating this mountain song. Amen. life, change our hearts for God. Anytime we speak on it, anytime we tell it on the mountain, it's it's an act of worship. Everything we do should be an act of worship to God in response to what He's doing in our lives. So in this new year, I'd just like to encourage everyone to make it a spiritual act of worship to to reach out, to to go above and beyond, to take a new step, to Go further and get in more depth with God, into His heart, so that our acts of worship, so that our heart can just expand with worship. As God reveals Himself, we need to worship Him. ourselves God and make it all about you. Lord. It's such an easy thing to say. Make it real in our lives God. As we worship you. As we love
1: you. We offer ourselves up to you God in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time we are going to continue worshiping God through communion. It's the first Sunday of the month and we are going to um, express our gratitude thanks, our remembrance to God by participating in uh, communion, communion with God. We do have the communion trays that are on the sides here. We have two cups in one, so um, we'll release you to go grab your communion and then come back to your seat and then we'll continue to, uh, I'll lead you into the next steps of communion. So let's, they're on the sides if you want to go at this time and then go back to your seat. Who had no idea what he was even talking about at that moment, but I'm about ready to give my life for you so you can have life. During that time, bulls were being sacrificed for the forgiveness of the sins. People were having to travel for days just to have find forgiveness from God. There was, a, there was a cleansing process at the temple, and there was a waiting line to get in there, and it was a it, it became this huge thing that people had to go through just to meet God, and Jesus said, Look, guys. I'm about ready to end all that. I'm going to make a new agreement, and it's going to cost my life, but you're worth it.
2: That's right. Thank
1: God. you, God. Know, and we've been doing communion ever since. Yes. 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 And these songs, are, I surrender. We owe it all to Jesus. We reflect about it. Hopefully, communion never becomes something of routine, something of something that dulls our our mind and our senses and the reality of what we've been given. And I think in processing and keeping it fresh in our minds and hearts it's always it's always good for us. And I'm reading a scripture verse from Hebrews chapter 9 and it's a different verse that typically use for communion. But I think it kind of goes into our relationship with Christ what he's done with us done for us and through us, how we respond to that, and keeping in the perspective of the old covenant and the new covenant, what Jesus has done, Hebrews nine eleven. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already now here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say. Is not part of this creation. He dominated spiritual realms for us. Right. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls, and the ashes of the heifer is sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean however or how much more then will the blood of Christ who the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God cleanse our conscience from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God he gave his life not so that we could just be the same He gave his life so that we could be changed forever and eternity and the most holy place, he went there, tore the veil so that you can enter. That changes us and that changes our perspective and that changes our purpose. Communion is sharing the spirit, sharing with the spirit of God that Jesus came and made available for us because he is the mediator and then it also shares with the life His purpose, His mission is carried out through us so that we can serve as well. Jesus did not come to be served, but He came to serve. We share in that identity, and that's also with part of communion. Amen. Amen. To take up the cross daily and die, we surrender. So maybe this beginning of the year, we surrender 2021 together. And we can only do that through the work of the cross. That's what this communion, that's what this is about. It's remembering, reflecting, and having purpose. Let's take the bread together that symbolizes the body of Jesus in the cross. Jesus said he is the bread of our life, your life, the nourishment that you need. The blood was poured out for the forgiveness of sins of many who receive this in faith, not by works, or anything else. It's trusting. And when God says that he paid it all, okay. he did that for you. Freely, because he loves you. That's you. And the universe, your name, was on his heart, okay. in his mind, as he hung there. He said, it's all worth it. just for you. You're worth it. Let's thank God for the forgiveness of sins together. God, we thank you for your word that helps us understand your love and the demonstration that was poured out on the cross. We embrace we receive and we accept your full forgiveness and grace as difficult as it may be again uh, knowing that we don't deserve it help us to see that moment in history that shifted and altered the world that it also shakes us to the core through your through your magnificent love for us We respond today with worship in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and continue to worship. Bye. Put your mask on, use your smile eyes. We know that, right? Have you, you've heard that, the smile eyes. I tried to um, see if, I think it was Joey, my daughter, who said, can you tell if I'm smiling? I'm going to fake smile and I'm going to real smile. And you can tell a difference, you know. Um, 2021. We're here, 2021. Something we've been uh, um, looking forward to for a while. And, um, you know, it's a... Uh, it's, a, it's going to be a blessed year, amen? We have lots of new things. I, can I just say, as a pastor, I am just relieved <laughs> to be in the house of the Lord with you and knowing that God has got good things in store for us and that things are starting to come back and I miss them so much and a few of the things that's happening today, we've got nursery that started back up, amen? Hey, we got to... That's a great thing because there are parents, even though I love having kids in the service, some of the parents just feel like it's a little too distracting for themselves to enter into worship. So when nursery's happening, that allows parents to come and worship. So that is a huge ministry that just started today, is there is a ministry beyond just little kids, it's families being able to come back and worship. I think we've got Club 56ers that are uh, going on right now with Jade and Judy, they're over there just doing their thing with the fifth and sixth graders, and Jackson woke up excited, ready to go to uh, Club 56. It's specifically targeted for these guys. And I can we just give a round of applause to the fifth and sixth graders? because they have been this whole time serving as our first impressions team over at the kids center they welcome they do announcements they do slides they do the the um they do this the, the the spotlights and sec- in fact some of them were like can we teach a lesson I mean, so they, they've really been awesome. And then God's really been doing that, doing a great thing in our Club 56ers. Also today we've got our growth track that's happening at 1030. If you don't know what that is, that's the introduction to our church. You want to know more about that, that's at 1030. And we are now currently offering um, group leader coaching. Every other month, and it's starting this 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 month as well. We're kicking two things off in January. And then we're going to alternate between the two, and I'll get more into that later. So lots of new things happening. Plus, we got a Pinewood Derby race that's coming up, which is super cool. How many of you have done done that before? Pinewood Derby. I still have my Pinewood Derby cars from when I was a kid, and uh, it, they they're awesome. Thank you, Katie, for the amen. It is a good thing for those uh, Pinewood Derby cars. And it's a, look. This isn't just for kids, we are adults, if you're crafty, if you're handy, we, you can build a car too, I give you permission, and uh, the last time we did this was a few years ago, we had some pretty cool cars, I think, did we have a Tron car one year, it lit up, and it had all sorts of cool stuff in it, and we, so, this will also be good for grandparents too, you can bring your grandkids and build a car together, and all that sort of stuff, so we've got fun things, this Saturday we got snowshoeing, so, see, everybody's going to be there, it'll be good, Snowshoeing will be fun. The last time I went snowshoeing was Nathan Barch and with Jed, and we went up um, to Northwark, ironically, which is where we're going to be going new. And uh, we hiked up to the peak, and it was on a Sunday after church. I had a board meeting, and left from there. And you know, in the winter time, the sun goes down pretty early. We left snowshoeing to go build a snow cave as the sun was going down. We had about four miles to hike, and the wind picked up. It was completely dark and when you're hiking and, and with all this gear on, you're sweating. And then with the snow drifts blowing snow all over the place, it was like we had ice cubes forming on our foreheads. It was actually a kind of a scary moment because we realized we're gonna go do something that none of us have experience in. We only have this like theory that this will work. The snow cave's gonna keep us warm, I think. And you know, it was really, it really was dangerous because I'm peeling off layers because I knew I was getting wet from sweat, you know. And uh, this was uh, just a funny thing. We ended up building the the snow cave and we had our candles in there and they were scented candles to keep us warm, pine scented even. Um, But we won't be doing that this Saturday. It's just gonna be a fun snowshoe trip, So so just so you know. I'm gonna adjust this for just a minute, so hang on with me. I want to thank our um, online church who is uh, still watching and being here. Welcome to church. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Um, we have people across the state, by the way, and uh, beyond states. Uh, we've, got, we've just got some new church family members that uh, attend because they're watching online. It's a, it's a fun reach, and so we always want to welcome them, and, and thanks for joining us at church this morning. God bless you. I... Um, how many of you have New Year's resolutions? How many of you do New Year's resolutions? I know that's kind of a trick question <laughs> because you do, you, you start them, but then you know, how many do we finish? But um, I'm the type of person that I really like New Year's resolution. I, I'm not the kind of person that doesn't, um, well, I, I think it's just good. It's It fits my personality. It's a good time to start fresh. It's a good time to make new goals. And for me, it's not necessarily about um, the end of the year, if I did them, for me, it's I want to start something new. I want to have a goal. I want to have a plan. And how many of us have that plan of being physical, right? Uh, just trying to get back into shape. And 2020 was a tough year for physical activity. We did a lot of TV watching. That I think that can uh, go without being said that it was a good year for couch time. So, this, uh, this, this last few weeks and, um, even before that, kind of planning and preparing. How do I get my body back into shape? I'm ready to go. Not today, but, you know, in a few weeks, I'm ready to go. Plan that out, kind of think, okay, I'll start eating a little bit healthier. Maybe I'll start doing some stretching, you know, do some poses and get my body loosened up before I go to the gym. And I'm, so by the time I'm ready to go to the gym this last week, I, I go and I start working out and I start doing all those things that I typically do, start my warm up routines and I'm working out the, this full body exercise, I'm doing squats and all sorts of stuff. You know, I'm not doing a lot of weight, but I began to increase the weight because you know what you used to do? Does that ever get in the way? Does that ever come back to bite you? I know what I used to do so I can do that again. Well I started doing that and I was doing these exercises a little bit too much and I hurt my back. And I mean I didn't like hurt the spine or anything but I really twinged it and pulled like a muscle and as that moment where if you've ever hurt your back it just kind of takes the breath out of you and you realize "Uh oh I think I just did something and so I'm I've got this bar on my back and there's no weight mind you like it's just the bar which is enough in itself to make you think you know, comparison at the gym. You know, it can happen real quick. And I've just got the bar, and I just hurt myself. <laughs> so I'm there, and I'm like, I got to put this weight down. And I put the rack the bar. And I walk out hobbling, and it's like pretty defeating when you're you got this goal, and then something that used to be so easy just hurt you. And it's almost as if the Lord was whispering to me. About church, because the church has had a real difficult time exercising its faith. I mean, we have individually, but as a group, as a body, like we've been weakened. The church is globally, and even Northview, because the whole principle of the church and the body is to use our unique gifts together. To be strong in our community and our, our influence and we are greater together in our faith and worship. And when that's been disjointed, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've heard people say, I just feel so disconnected, so disjointed. I, I don't know where, like, I fit in anymore. And so the body has suffered, um, through the effects of COVID. And I felt like as the, the Lord was just speaking to me, As you're going into 2021, don't worry about doing all the things you used to do. Because if you try and do everything exactly that you used to do, you might eventually hurt the church. Might eventually hurt the body. And then it was just kind of speaking to me, like saying, let's just develop the core. Let's just strengthen the core. The church. Make it a healthy church. You know, this, um, this past year has been, it's been good. I, and I realize, after last, my, last night speaking this message, um, I realize 2020 for me is a little bit of like a dual personality. It's like bipolar almost because you see all of God's blessings, but at the same time you see how hard it was. So it's kind of hard to communicate twenty twenty because you're like, yeah, God provided, God showed up, God did this, God made this stronger in my life. And on the other hand, it's like, man, this bout broke me. Anybody there? You see God's hand through it all. At the same time, you don't really want to go back because it was difficult. There's there's that blessing that we talked about last week. Hashtag Blessings 2020. Absolutely true. But there's also been this weakening of the church that we are positioned and primed to build a healthy, stronger church. So I believe that the 2020 year was a preparation for what we can build on and strengthen. And that's what today's about. is talk about how do we strengthen the core, the core group. I had one pastor connect with me in 2020. One pastor... That that called and just said, hey, how are you and Katie doing? With no other reason but just to say, hey, 2020 is a little tough. I want to see how you're doing. And that meant a lot. And we need each other. And I'll tell you, I needed that phone call. Because there's moments where 2020, I was just hanging on. by By remembering God's blessings and saying, God... Help me make it just one more week. Have you been there? I'm glad for those moments because that's where you rely on God the most. And that, that becomes the moment where you're not serving God out of emotion, you're serving God out of obedience. Have you been there? Where we're just serving because we know that God has placed us and called us to serve and be obedient to the calling he's called us to. And through that, perseverance is character, right? Hope. And so I do believe that we are positioned up to um, build. I would say that um, to find out how to become a healthy church. We need to know what's unhealthy. A lot of times I, I don't know what to describe or how to identify something that I want. A lot of times I tell my team, I don't know what I want, I just know what I don't want. And that can be a little confusing. Let's say, well, what about this? No, I don't want that. Well, what do you want? I don't know, just, just tell me some more things that I, that I can see and I'll tell you I don't want that until it's there. And like, yeah, that's what I want. It can be a little frustrating. So I, I'm thankful for my wife who's a little patient. You know, She's patient with me through those times. But we're talking about the church and we're seeing things that we don't want, we want people to come back, right? There are people that just haven't come back to church. And we kind of knew this heading into 2020, that there'll be people on the fence that just won't come back. So there's a blessing and then there's the, and I don't know, but lack of better words, there's a blessing and a curse there. Because we see that there are people that aren't coming back, but the blessing is, is that you're here. And that you know exactly what is important in your life. And when the pastor called me and I was talking to him and saying, hey, look, this was Pastor Crowder, by the way, by the way, um, he and I was telling him, like, I'm not sure where people are. I'm not sure how we're going to move forward. I'm not sure how we're going to implement these things again like we used to. And he just released me and he said, you know what? The people that you have is exactly what you need to do what God is asking you to do. What we have right here is exactly what we need to do what we need to do, what God has asked us to do. This is the core group. The people who've said, this is, this is my home and I'm going to stick it through and we've got a great mission ahead of us and, and we're going, we're going to be better together and we're going to strengthen each other and encourage one another. And so you're exactly what, what I need. Thank you. And we need each other. Amen. The Bible talks about the strength of the church being unity and body and all parts working together and even though we've seen healthy parts where home churches and growth and, and people that were praying for one another and kids church happening in people's homes and, and there was just, uh, we were churches left the building, we were going to people's homes and bringing church to them. There are healthy parts of the body that were never there before um, and that were developed in stronger ways in our church. And the need for one another has developed and the idea of relationships have become more important. And the idea that church is way more than just the, the, the sheetrock walls. We understand that more about the church. We have a greater depth and understanding of healthy church living. But if we were to take a full body exam, we would see that there are weaker areas because of the effects of COVID. And we are not immune to that. But we need to recognize that so that we don't overwork ourselves and hurt the core we've got our Saturday night service that we had just um, we just cancelled we had our last one last night and I love Saturday nights we have, in fact we have great attendance last night was a great attended service but, but what we don't want to do is keep doing something that will damage the core and we just needed some more help on Saturday nights to be making that a, a fluid thing um and so I am we've learned some great lessons. I'm excited that in the future we'll probably do another Saturday night service. But right now we're going to be developing Sunday mornings. That's to protect the core. Um that's you and I. The body. The effects of COVID have been um difficult to navigate through our church. Um such as some people have gotten out of the habit of meeting together, out of the habit of worship. We're drawn to be quick in anger, pushed to speak before listening. These are all effects that have happened, in elevated or escalated this, um, these bad habits. We've traded preaching Christ for the evangelism of politics. We're more concerned about feelings than we are about truth. Racism is defined by groups who discriminate. What flag do you raise? The blue flag, the rainbow flag, or the red, white, and blue. They're all controversial. Our government is paying for its confusion by a bailout. In what reserve, I don't know. Deception, distrust is our only constant. So we live in a mixed up world. We certainly do. And sometimes we can... We can... um, We can just be so entrenched in it that we don't really see it. And it's infiltrated the church. World views, world emotions, fears, finger pointing, all that stuff has infiltrated and weakened the church. And I'm not specifically saying Northview. I'm saying in general. But I would say that Northview Church is not immune to that either. And while covid may not be the devil's hand the devil has certainly had his hand in covid because the devil's going to use every opportunity to destroy i mean that's what his agenda is to kill it's to steal and destroy what the church and if the church as we know is not made up of sheetrock it's of you he's going to use covid to destroy you and your faith And if the church is not getting together and we're trying to fight this battle by ourselves, isolated on our own, we are going to be susceptible to the effects of the devil using COVID as a tool to get you distracted or out of the habit or apathetic or not feeling like you want to worship or cause you to feel a certain way about church, or disconnected, disjointed, and he's going to be dancing all the way. These are old statistics, but 25% in 2020, uh, the drug and, bu- drug, drug and alcohol abuse has gone up. Divorce rate has gone up 25% um, last uh, this year. Or I mean, uh, 2020, uh, the obesity rate went up. Uh, 72 million cases were added versus the year before. Uh, there's just so much. And though through 2020, Satan has been accomplishing his agenda, however, however, through 2020, God has been working a plan. If there's a strategy from the enemy, there was already a plan from God. And he has already overcome the strategy of the enemy, right? We're an overcomer because of God's plan, not because of our plan. And church, if we want to see God's plan in 2021, we have got to learn the lessons of 2020. Great, valuable blessings things that we have learned from 2020 and carry them through and do not forget what was important in 2020 and use what was important, what we learned, and bring that into 2021, we will win. Greater. The core will be strengthened. What is that? We have got to come back to God in 2020. We have got to come back to God as a nation, as people, as church. We have got to come back To our creator. I'm talking about America. And I'm talking about us. The blessings are through 2020. But during 2020. In the middle of his blessings. I have to admit that I've wrestled. With the effects of disappointment. And doing my best to fight off those worries and anxiety that creep in and you don't want them there they just kind of come in you ever lay at night and your heart just starts pounding out of your chest and you can't sleep because there's just so many things that are happening or going through your mind you ever have that i've struggled in in a cancel culture in 2020 for the first time in ministry i've said to myself god i'm not built for this And you know what he you know what he said? Nothing. That's a wrestling point. But through his nothing, I think he was speaking and just saying, Seth, just keep going. And you know what I'd get? I would get a text that day. Hey, just think about you. Praying for you. I, 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 I can't tell you almost every single time that I was feeling that somebody would call or somebody would text from our church body, from you. That is one of the biggest blessings in 2020 is people reaching out to each other. I have seen that increase in our church more than ever. People going to other people's homes and just saying, hey, I'm dropping off this gift basket because I know that you're sick going to go reach out, make a phone call, hey, where are you? That has been the biggest thing, I think, that if we can carry that on and not forget that, that how important that is, we're going to strengthen the core because you have strengthened me. And I'm thankful for you. So what do we do from here? What does a healthy church look like? Well, I think it's four things. Just As I was writing this down, there's just four things that I think that are really, really important, and it's not exhaustive, but here's the thing for a healthy church. We know what we're susceptible of being an unhealthy church, and that's division, disunity, there's this, um, disconnection. Those are all signs of unhealthy church. What is a healthy church? Number one, healthy church is Jesus only. It's a people that put Jesus above everything else. That's us, that's you. You're here in the middle, you've stuck it through 2020 and you've said, Jesus is my constant, Jesus is my number one, Jesus is the one who can only save me, Jesus who can get me out of this mess. Jesus' only message is a healthy church. You and I, the core, that's our number one primary message is Jesus is number one in our lives, that's the message that we preach, there is no other agenda, it is his name that saves, it is it, it's Jesus number one, that's the health of our church. Number two, a healthy church is where we come together and we encourage one another to love God more. Let's love Jesus more. That the day of salvation is not the end game. That the moment that you begin to practice the uh, fruit of the spirit is not the end. That there's more. That the gifts that you desire is not the end. In fact, we won't reach the end of growth until we die. That's when it begins. The reality where faith is no longer needed because we're living in the reality of what we had hoped for. We are in a church, a healthy church encourages us to grow. If we see each other stagnant, we should be helping that person, not condemnation, but saying, hey, let's go to coffee. Tell me about your struggles. I know you're feeling alone. I know that they've really suffered through COVID. I know they've been on the ventilator. I know that this whatever. Let's pray through this together. I know that your faith has been shaking, but I want to move you to the next step. I'm here with you. I'm an armor bearer for you. I want to protect you. I want to pray for you so that you're not alone. A healthy church encourages growth in each other. But we have to have a relationship to be able to see that. (laughs) Number three... For a healthy church, a healthy church includes and welcomes sinners. That should be an amen for all of us because if we weren't welcomed here, right? And I think that's a good thing. A realization that I don't belong in the house of God. We don't deserve to even worship God. But by his grace, he has set us free from guilt and condemnation from every sin that we have committed, willingly. We knew what we were doing. There are people who have broken, messed up lives, and they come through those doors if we fail to love them we're failing in the mission a healthy church is not reserved for the righteous a healthy church is a church that welcomes and sits and has dinner with sinners and we're included with that that Jesus came to our house and sat down and had dinner with us, he communed with us healthy church welcomes and includes, and maybe even seeks out sinners. Number four, a healthy church is strategically prepared to preach the message. We have got to have a plan to carry out the mission that Jesus set forth. Jesus had a plan. He had a strategy. He picked certain individuals, and it wasn't by accident. God knew what he was doing when he sent Jesus to the earth. He had a plan. He had a strategy. And I think sometimes churches get in trouble when we say, well, the Holy Spirit will give me a plan at the moment. that I," All this sort of stuff. No, look, God can be in the middle of planning so that we can be better prepared and equipped to give an answer in season and out of season. So there's a couple things that we have got coming up that I think that... Are not going to be a surprise to you because we've already been doing it, but that helps us focus on preaching the message. And it includes the core. That's all of us. Relationships, serving one another, that's the two greatest needs in our church. You know, we've been going through the um, book of Acts as we've been studying God's word. And We've made it all the way to Acts chapter 5, and then Christmas came, and we focused on that, and then I was looking and preparing for um, the new year. It's Acts chapter 6, and I'm going to just read a little bit from Acts chapter 6. This kind of coincides with what we're talking about. It also coincides with our um, scripture study, which is amazing how it works that way. God just has a plan. So turn with me to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And then remember, Acts the, is about the Acts of the disciples and the work of the Holy Spirit and their ministry. And there's just an explosion in the church right now. Thousands of people are being added to the church every day into faith. And people are believing. And this is an incredible um, momentum right now in um, what we call the New Testament church. Acts chapter 6. In those days, when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews... These Jews were uh, Greek-speaking Jews primarily, and their culture was just a little bit different than the Jews who spoke Aramaic. And among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and give our attention to to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group, so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, also Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenius, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. And they presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. This is a passage of scripture that isn't about being too good the, to serve others. This, The disciples, this isn't about them saying, we're too good to wait on tables. Just the way that the, the translation works is not the condescending thing that we Here in our brain when they're speaking this this is about sharing the work of the church sharing in the responsibility of meeting the needs the church was growing so fast they were doing so much that they were trying their best to meet all of the needs and the people were being overlooked and they didn't want that to happen but it was a reality of what happened with growth influence and increase inside the church and so they they came this 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 thing say hey guys why are you meeting these needs and our needs aren't being met over here I'm like, I'm so sorry, that's not our intention. Look guys, we need some help in the church. Let's gather some people together. We need to have some help in distributing the food so that we don't get burned out. And that we can call and equip the church to do what God is asking us to do. And in this, the sign of a healthy church is one that shares in the work of the ministry of feeding people. You know, when Jesus, he... After he had been crucified, and after he resurrected, and the disciples were there, and, and he's sitting by the fire with Jesus, and the, the Sea of Galilee, and they're, they're there, and, and, and Jesus looks at Peter, right, and he looks at him and he says, "Look, I know you denied me three times, but do you love me?" Peter says, "Yes, Lord, I do love you." Without skipping a beat, almost, I can hear it in, his, in, in, in just the scenario, and, and Jesus is, doesn't. Turn his gaze away after Peter uh, says that he loves Jesus, and Jesus looks at him again and says, "Do you love me?" Peter says, "Yes, Lord, I do." And Jesus doesn't look away, and he says it a third time, and he says, "Peter, do you love me?" And and Peter's just a little frustrated. And he's hurt about this because he's been asked three times that Jesus is saying, do you love me? Almost that he doesn't trust him or he doesn't believe him what he's saying. And Peter responds, he says, Jesus, you know that I love you. You know the heart and the intention of every man. You know that I love you. And then Jesus responds with this. He says, then feed my sheep. There's a response And there's a call to the heart and the relationship with God. That's what Jesus was saying. He's saying, it's not enough to just feel love for me. I want you to put that love and put it into action and start placing your area of influence of how you love me into others. How? Feed. You're feeding off me. Now I want you to take what you've been given and begin to feed others. It's what the disciples were doing in Acts chapter 6. They were saying, guys, we can't do it all. Look, I'm preaching up here, and the the Holy Spirit does a great job of ministering the word into your hearts. Because I can't tell you how many times I hear, man, that was a great message on this. And I'm here listening to speak about the things that that they heard. And I'm like, did I say that? But that's what they got. That's exactly what they need because the Holy Spirit was using the foolishness of my speaking to be able to transform that into some wise words into their heart. That's exactly what they needed. And sometimes I hear people saying, "Are you stalking me on Facebook? I promise you, I'm not doing that. But God just knows you. and the word of God feeds us, and it teaches us and it leads us. But you know what happens? I we'll preach a great message on Sunday. Amen. All right, I was trolling there. I had to, and then what happens is there's seeds of faith that are being planted, but they're not being watered. A healthy church shares in the ministry of the growth. Right? Apollos waters, Paul preaches. We just do this thing together, and we we share, and God does the miracle. We're not here. We're not here to change people's lives. We're here to tell people that God changes people's lives. The responsibility is not ours to to do the miracle. The responsibility for us is to share about the miracle working God. So we we have something that has already started in 2020 and that is the people are watering in our church. And because of that, there is a core that is already strong, and that's you. And as your pastor, I need you to continue strengthening the core. Because we are about to embark on something as building a church building. And I've got a meeting on Tuesday. You probably got that text message. I got a meeting with some developers on Tuesday. We're going to be talking about plans and what that's going to look like for the future, future development, breaking ground and utilities and all that sort of stuff. There's so much to talk about. I need your prayers on that. But here's the thing. I don't want to build a building if we're not ready for it. If we're not strong enough. Because eventually we'll just have an empty shell. And I'm not saying that we're not ready for it. I'm saying we need to build and strengthen so that we can be prepared for what's about to come. Because in my heart, I feel as though this is the beginning of what God is about to do. And there's going to be an increase. And that increase and the health of that increase is going to be determined on what we right now and the foundation that we lay now and the health of the church and the foundation is built on relationships with each other I'm calling you to step out of your comfort zone and to continue or to step out and be involved because we've had enough TV time and I want to have conversations that matter I want to have I've had too many conversations about politics, and politics is important, okay? Like, it's, a, it's an important thing. Whether you're conservative or what, whatnot, look, we're not conservative-minded, we're kingdom-minded. Let's get their priorities straight. And I'm calling you to, to give up some things so that we can have connection with God and each other. I wanna have a healthy Sunday morning that goes deep I want to start building spiritually strong conversations and people and there's brokenness all around us and there's relationships are difficult, relationships are hard. But this is one of the best opportunities to start building relationships on Sunday mornings. Extroverts, I'm going to ask you to keep doing what you're doing. Keep talking. Everybody who's in here, your core, guess what? You're a greeter. You have influence. That means people... um, that when, when you call this place your home, welcome people into your home. If you see them coming in, say hi to them. Extroverts, invite them to coffee, invite them to, to breakfast, invite them to lunch right after church, whatever that is. Like this is our, this is us, the core. Introverts, I get it. You love to show up late and leave early. And I'm not asking you to do something that, you, that God has not gifted you with. You're a one-on-one person. Focus on that. Do that one thing. You, I'm not asking you to go out there and, and bounce around and greet everybody. That may not be your gifting, but use your gifting to advance the kingdom. You see one person, what, you, what, what I need is your gift of listening, your gift of staying, your gift of being thoughtful in how you respond to that one person. Do you have that one person? I'm asking you to find someone to develop. Introverts, you have been one of the greatest gifts to our church and I want to thank you for that we can do this and you know what some of us may feel disjointed and just disconnected can I just speak some a reality a, tr- a, a truth check is if you want to see growth in your life come be a part show up say I don't know how to grow Start by showing up. Show up to everything. When people say, I just feel disconnected, well, how much have you been showing up? Once a month ain't gonna cut it. Show up, be a part, get connected. Those are there for a reason so that we can have relationships with each other. Amen? Galatians six ten. So then we have an opportunity. Let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. We want to be able to have an increase of, of, of influence out there, but we cannot have a healthy influence out there if we do not have a healthy influence in here. The core is the primary responsibility: looking out for each other, praying for each other, and and encouraging each other in faith. That's what we're about to do. Connect groups. We're about ready to launch those. And growth track we're going to be continuing that. that those two areas are going to really really help equip us that's our plan and that's our our, um, our goal is to get us connected to one another again in a deeper way in 2021 so I'm excited about that Look, can we stand together and just uh, dedicate 2021 in God's hands I'm excited for what God is going to do through you And us together. As we step into the uncomfortable zone. God. We want to see you move. The mission has never changed. We want to be a part of it. We know that you have a plan. We know that you've been building. We know that you've been strengthening. Help us God. To see people that we can strengthen. As well as be strengthened by, help us to reach out, lead us into new areas of faith, a new season of ministry, equip us, Holy Spirit, unite us, move us, challenge us, change us. We welcome all that you have for us. We thank you for the hardships that we have endured because we have learned more deeply that you are with us and you don't leave us. Thank you for the lessons that we have learned so that we can grow in 2021. Help us, God, to see every opportunity as an opportunity for you to reveal yourself to us in new ways. Increase our faith, increase our love, increase our patience, our joy. Knit us together as Northview Church. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good, isn't he? And he's faithful. God bless you. You are dismissed. Have a wonderful week.